Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and in this episode, Lance and I are addressing the notion of scotch cocktails and whether they are actually worthwhile. Also, since this episode was recorded during the holidays, we spend a lot of time talking about over-consumerism, travel plans, and even politics and altruism. Enjoy. Oh, hi. Hi. Okay. Uh, cheers. Mm. Look how look how pretty. So what did you make? I made a blood and sand. Oh, look at you. Okay. Be- because we we do have blood oranges right now. Oh, it's blood orange yes. season, so it's the, it I, is the perfect time. It is gorgeous. I made a Rob Roy. And I will admit, <clears throat> um, blood and sand is not normally one of... Also, I had the cherry hearing, and I have no idea what else to do with it. Right. And I don't normally order this. I see it on menus a lot. It is awfully pretty when it's done up right. Uh, and I use the monkey shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to use something more sippy, expensive. I don't think you want to do that. I don't think I want to do that either. And I and I actually don't really enjoy the monkey shoulder on its own. Sure. It's, it's, it's a great mixing scotch. That's what I have heard. A lot of bartenders put it in their recipes, and I see it in a lot of the bars. And so, and it's true. This is a, this is delightful. Yeah, it's funny. There's been a lot of uh, sort of hate directed at the blood and sand lately. And Ooh. Hmm. I actually think it's a fine little drink if you use the right components. So mine, so it's another one of those drinks that's easy to remember because it's, f- but it's four things of equal parts. Mm-hmm. It, three quarters of an ounce each of scotch, uh, orange juice, blood orange juice, if you have it available, and uh, sweet vermouth, and I'm using the Cokie Torino. Mm-hmm. And uh, three-quarter ounce of the cherry hearing. And shake, shake, shake. And uh, I would, I think the next time I'm going to cut back on the cherry hearing a bit because it does give it sort of a Luden's cough drop thing going on. Sure, yeah. And, you know, you don't want to lose that blood orange either. That's such a great orange juice. You don't. Mm. Yeah, so, I'm happy. I'm happy with this drink. It seems. It also seems a bit wintry. Mm-hmm. So my Rob Roy, I made with the uh, Cuddy Sark Prohibition Edition blended scotch. Um, Ooh, well. Which has a weird funk to it. Um, and then uh, Dolan Rouge. <laughs> and I used the Cocktail Punk smoked orange bitters. And I even gave myself a cherry. Oh, I guess we should also, <laughs> here at the top of the episode, point out that the the theme this week or this month or whenever this comes out is uh, scotch tales, scotch cocktails. Which Lance and I are both ambivalent about. Indeed. Um, and although there are quite a lot of them, turns out. Um, but but Jake suggested this one and I was kind of excited by it because for a couple of reasons. One is we are both scotch fans. Yes. And buy numerous bottles, probably, at least I do. Uh-huh. And we have our favorites, and and generally speaking, I like mine neat. There's a couple that are awfully hot that are, I guess, uh, barrel, not barrels, cask strength. Yeah, cask strength. That that need a little a little rock in it or a few drops of water to, to take the the edge off. Um, and I can't. I, if you want me to pronounce them, it's going to be really embarrassing. <laughs> but and the other thing was, um, so the the gentleman who does my hair and my beard. Uh, is a big bourbon drinker 
And every time I go in for my haircut, he's always at because he wants to like scotch, but he doesn't like scotch. And mainly it's because of the the peatiness mm-hmm. or I guess the scotchiness of it. Uh, I gave him for he got wed last year right about this time. And I gave him a bottle of Yellow Dot Irish, okay, which he enjoyed very much. Um, just to, just to kind of introduce him away from the bourbons into other whiskey families. Uh, but I sense he's got this weird melancholy that he doesn't like scotch <laughs> and that he, he should like scotch. And I'm wondering if these are, if this is like a nice intro way. I, I just, I wonder, uh, because as it so happened on, uh, Friday, I believe it was, I was at my favorite bar, the Rhino Yacht Club and McLean Hedges, the head bartender was making himself a penicillin. And I said, wait, are you making a penicillin? Make me a penicillin. Mm-hmm. And then we were sipping that. And I let one of the other bartenders taste it because she didn't know that drink. And um, her reaction was like, well, yep, still don't like scotch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> huh, wow. Because I did um, on reflection as I'm getting down in the glass. And this is going by a lot faster than I had anticipated. Um <laughs> I, I can taste the kind of briny, um, I think you call it bandage or yeah. dirty, dirty bandage-y thing. It's and, and it's iodine. a subtle... Yeah, yeah. It's it's very subtle, and it's certainly... I mean, the main current that comes across is the sweetness of the cherry and the orange together. Um, and even you, you even lose... I probably need to, to try a different vermouth, because using the Torino in this seems like a sadness. Um <laughs> But it, but the the scotch, at least this one, comes through right at the end, mm-hmm. and and I think only if you recognize it as such, you know what I mean? Yeah, I. It's funny. I think my drink is sort of the opposite. I get that scotch. Your word, brine, is actually a great one for this one. Um, I get that right up in the front, and then I get the sweet vermouth, and don't really find the bitters at all but that may be because i used the smoked orange instead of just a classic orange Hmm. well you never know it, it you know that's the fun of bitters right <clears throat> trying out new stuff and seeing what happens and what made you decide to do uh that one uh so one of the inspirations for us doing scotch cocktails at all was i was flipping through the cocktail chronicles by mm-hmm. paul clark and uh, he has one page with Rob Roy and Bobby Burns cocktails right there next to each other, doing a little uh, historical compare contrast. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, it's it seems like all the uh, Scotch cocktails are named after famous Scottish people, like Bobby Burns, Rob Roy, Blood and Sand, not so much. Blood and Sand, no. Do you know why it's called the Blood and Sand? I did at one point. It, it is after a Rudolph Valentino. A bullfight movie, mm-hmm. which apparently was like everyone wanted blood. And it was very hot for a tiny period of time, as was Rudolph Valentino. Well, yeah. Actually, he was hot for a really long time, and he's still hot if you look at pictures of him. But I'm just saying, the blood and sand, as you as you have pointed out, it, I think it kind of came into a renaissance because it's it's a cool name, which has absolutely nothing to do with what it tastes like. And I, for some reason, I always think the blood and sand, uh, one of the components, and, and I'm, I can't, I don't know why, is a beer. Oh, no. Is there another drink? No, no, I know. I um, know. 
But is there? Am I thinking of something else? I don't know. That com, comes off the no scotch and beer together. Some weird. Conco- oh man! Yeah. <laughs> well, it you don't know till you try. It could I work. mean, I, I I will drink like scotch stout? and beer. I will have stout? scotch and beer on uh, in the same sitting. Stout like, and a little bit of Ardbeg, maybe. Yeah, I'm totally into like the that. Creaminess, the darkness, and then you've got the weird whatever the fuck Ardbeg is, which which is kind of like licking a, a peat bog. Really, yeah, it's very it's, it's very peaty. very intense. It's not someplace you want to start if you're if you're looking to get into scotch. Uh, Some people my... fall in love with them, though. It's just like the uh, really hoppy IPA. Some people just have a natural affinity for the PD scotches. Mm-hmm. I I have a couple of good friends who real like they get the peat monster and mm-hmm. they they go they go all in and I I can appreciate it, but I but that as a steady diet seems manic, in a sense. Yeah, I I need to have like a nice. Honest, honestly, these days, a nice compass box blend mm-hmm. as as I was as sort so, of an everyday sipper, and then I'll have yeah. like an Ardbeg or a Lafroy available for when I, you know, am feeling my oats. I still, I so I've got the Ardbeg available for for the diner recipe of the John Cameron Mitchell, which mm-hmm. is just a, a lovely drink, and you just use a, a teens of the Ardbeg, right? Which, which is just enough. It it actually. Gives you the the sense of <laughs> the sense of an art bag without the suffering of an art bag. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but my favorite uh, is Kalila, which mm-hmm. I discovered I have two bottles of it because I never think I have one, That's and I bought another. That's a wonderful scotch. That's a wonderful not a bad scotch. thing, I guess. It's really, it's really. I, I hadn't heard of it before until uh, my friend, whose name uh, Kate, my friend Kate. Uh, and her lovely husband Ben uh, have a, a map of Scotland on their kitchen wall, mm. and they were because they they took several, I guess, tours of the and, and they visited the, the distilleries. And Kalilo, she introduced, which I believe is an Isle, uh, as her favorite Scotch. And I, at that point, had I knew maybe two Scotches being Macallan and uh, Oban. Mm-hmm. Which I used to say Oban. Yeah. So I've been I've been schooled there. Oban. Um neither of which are particularly challenging. Um and I actually think the Macallan is kind of dull. Right. There are interesting Macallans, but the standard whatever it is, twelve year or something, like eh, eh, eh. it's kind of it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of a training wheel scotch, honestly. Like it it's Yeah. It's not it's certainly not among my favorites. Um and then she had a bottle of Kalila and I think she had a twelve year, um, and one year. So you know those um, off. They're not. I guess they are off brand bottlings of Scotch, like McPhail and somebody. Mm-hmm. It, it, and they have a plain label. Right. So I found a bottle at, uh, I think it was at K and L, of eighteen year old Kalila. Oh wow. Which I got her for a Christmas present. One year I gave everybody booze, and that was the super good year because we just basically all sat around and drank it. Yeah. But that was marvelous. That's that is the kind of thing where it it's pricey. I'm not going to say it's not, but you really do get a lot of uh, satisfaction out of that that kind of a thing. And you you mentioned the Compass Box blended, 
And one of my favorite all times is the Flaming Heart, mm -hmm. which they do occasionally in a limited edition. Oh, it's so, oh, what a good name, too. Yes. I, I love everything Compass Box does. Um, oh, look at you. Mm. I know. I can't believe it. I'm already done. I'm only but half, I'll, half. Take your time. Do it right. Mm. Like I said, that, that went down really easy. That's a nice, it's it's very um, mold whiny-ish because there's, there is some cinnamon in there. and um, oh, Especially with the Torino, it's, it brings some of that sort of baking spice in the background, hand-wavy tasting notes talk. Yeah, I think <laughs> it, it'd be super like fireside uh, drink when you're you're sitting there with your big old shaggy dog and you've got a blood in a blood and sand every i mean it all sounds macho it's it's amazing and then you wear your like big red plaid felt flannel thing and yeah well, it's, it's and then like, put on your fuzzy slippers yeah it's like nick offerman doing his uh fireside scotch for uh i think he's doing it for new year's this year again yeah I, he does it every year um, I, th I think he just did it last year and they're bringing it back this year for New Year's. I think he did it for Christmas last time for the Yule Log experience. And he just sits there and drinks a glass of scotch for a long time. Yes. Uh, hours. Yes. And he just <laughs> kind of is. Yeah, that's all he does. Um, and speaking of Nick Offerman, before you you so kindly offered to get me a new muddler, you know, Nick Offerman does woodwork. Yes on his site so i sent an email in saying have you ever because he does baseball bats and uh -huh. i think a muddler is basically a very small baseball bat and, and um I so have, I, sent, I have your muddler right email. here it's a big guy oh look i can almost touch it <laughs> i'm waiting for the bar spoon to go with it it is a big guy um but for those at home and even for jake if you're interested and if you collect them they will do a muddler if you tell them uh the the wood that you want to use, and then they'll send a quote. So mm -hmm. it won't be something like you have to pay up front, but they they will do muddler. They'll, I guess they'll probably do anything probably. made out of wood. Basically, they they do. So you can have a Nick wood. You can do an, you can have a Nick Offerman muddler. But would it actually be turned by Nick Offerman, or would it be turned by one of his minions? Because one is one thing, and the other is the other. I think you. I think if you specified that he has to touch it or something, <laughs> then maybe I, it might be an extra charge, but. Then you know it's got Nick Nick on it. Yeah, got some Nickness. Mm. So anyway, so my the the guy who cuts my hair. So um, I've been trying to think of he's he's gone to uh, we have a, a Japanese whiskey bar in the city. We've got a couple of whiskey bars. Um, one is down on Embarcadero called Hardwater, mm -hmm. and the other one is in Soma, and I don't remember its name. And they have just, you know, racks and racks. So it's all the whiskeys. It's not just scotch or bur It's all of them. Yeah. Canadian and, and whoever's making whiskey now. Um, and I, I, I'm still a bit stymied. It's really hard to direct someone whiskey-wise when you're not sitting at a bar, frankly. Yeah. Um... You're trying, you're trying to, if you're trying to describe to him, here's this. It has a... Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, but compared to... Like, that one, it's a little, uh, you know, like I just did my hand wavy tasting notes about bullshit that you sort of taste in things. Um, it's impossible to describe a, whi a whiskey unless you, well, even if you have a common language established about whiskey, 
Like mm-hmm. if, if you understand what Pete is, if you understand bananas versus band aids, which is how my <laughs> which is how my wife talks about scotch in particular. It's it's either bananas, bananas really. There are a couple that the phenols remind her of bananas. Huh. I never I have never caught that. Yeah. Um you get that more with uh American whiskeys. Like Stranahan's out of Denver is a very strong banana whiskey. Mm. And do you enjoy a a strong banana? Not really. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. There's isn't there a there's a banana liqueur that you can get that probably for tiki stuff or something? Probably. I don't I I did get uh Giffard did a Brazilian banana liqueur that is amazing. Like it actually tastes like bananas and it's worthwhile. If you like bananas. Yeah, it, but it doesn't taste like fake bananas like I'm sure all the banana vodkas or whatever that exist out there taste like. And what do you do with it? Do you sip it or No, you mix it into a daiquiri. Oh, I can see that working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that... with some coconut and all the other stuff in there or even just with the uh plantation. no the daiquiri has no coconut i'm thinking of what am i thinking of pina, pina colada that would also completely work. different we are recording this on december 26th boxing day did you did you have a lovely holiday i did have that was Christmas. a lovely holiday um i had to buy myself a new uh audio visual receiver today because my last one tried to update itself and then stopped showing things on my tv <laughs> Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and did you go with the same brand again with that experience? No, I did no. not. Okay. Uh, um, I love new AV stuff. And, the uh, you know, and I love... So you know I have a giant TV. Right. You've I've got, you've got the concave experience TV, right? I do currently. Uh-oh. So, yeah, so... Um, so I'm, I'm a... I'm a stupid early adopter. In this case, for example, well, I think pretty much all the time I'm a stupid early adopter. And Does your uh, TV my, do 3D? Do you ever watch 3D things? I do actually watch 3D stuff, okay. and I, I'm, I'm sort of in love with it. Okay. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of going to the, to the movies in the 3D. All right. Um, I think the best experience for 3D is an IMAX 3D, and I think it's, again, because it's just so overwhelming that you don't your eye doesn't pause at the edges where things kind of go unfocused you're right. you're yeah sucked into it a bit more but having it at home um so there's two things you have to be aware of uh, and i'll backtrack just a little bit so so my point about being an early adopter was i own a 4k oled tv organic led tv and uh and the embarrassing part, there's actually several embarrassing parts about this. <laughs> the first embarrassing part is that I spent $4,000 on it. That's but a lot to, for to a be, television. Well, it's a lot for TV, but here's how I here's how I compensate for that. I don't own a car, mm-hmm. and I spend a lot more time in front of my TV than I would driving anyway. Sure. Yeah. And if I bought bought a car for four thousand dollars everybody would wonder what was wrong with me so i figured if i bought a tv for four thousand dollars and they still wonder what's wrong with me i can explain it better sure okay but really the only way i can explain it is if you see it because me telling you about it doesn't make as much sense and it's gigantic right like it's 60... 65 inches yeah okay so over five feet diagonally, diagonally. yeah and I I do live in a one bedroom apartment in San Francisco. Right. 
So, and the average width of a room is probably 12 feet, 16 feet. So I sit fairly close to my TV. Uh-huh. It's not it's not across the room. I'm not in a den. I don't have a cinema room. Right. But I kept getting bigger and bigger screens um, because the previous screen, which I thought was huge, when I got it home, I got used to it. I'm like, yeah, I could go bigger. Right. That's exactly uh, where I am now. Like I've I've had my TV for several years. I got it as a Christmas gift, and yeah. by today's standards, it sounds so small. But it's like tops a forty inch. I think it's like thirty two mm-hmm. or something like that. I sit here looking at it, and I go, "We could totally do like a sixty five inch." <laughs> I um, yes, I'll just say yes. Um, it, it well, you know, you have to weigh the. Like, how much time are you going to spend? If if you, you are like me and the the picture is important because the experience is important. Mm-hmm. And when you want to watch your mo- your favorite movies or whatever, actually, you really want to, like, sort of be inundated by the experience. You want to, like, sink into it and have your popcorn at home and it's a dark room and it, it's, a, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. I don't just ca- – I mean, I do just casually watch TV, but when I want to, like – and I have a a Blu-ray player, and uh, Blu-rays don't sell that much. And and right. you can, if you've got a PS3 or a PS4, you've got a Blu-ray player. Yep. But if you have a favorite film that you never tire of watching, I do recommend getting it on Blu-ray because there's still there, the Blu-ray 4Ks are coming out slowly but surely. Mm. But but for me, old man with glasses, right. I don't see that distinct a change yeah. between one and the other. I do see when I watch Blu-ray 3D, it's an experience that I can't get otherwise at all anywhere. And it's weird so how good it is I, on this TV. I enjoy setting up new AV systems, new AV equipment. Like anytime I get a new component or a new receiver, like that's playtime for me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like today, all the setup screens and to, stuff. Today, I got to do the little Odyssey microphone, like chirping sounds to calibrate my room and all that stuff. Good times. I love it. Yes. Um, but I never really learned how to tune a TV picture. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing that you know how to do? Is that something you're comfortable doing? And like, or do you just plug it in and that's kind of how it looks? Um, the. The newest TVs do a really good job of monitoring themselves. So mm. you can adjust according to your room, obviously, if it needs to be brighter or darker. But generally speaking, and on you know these smart TVs with their apps and everything built in, they have different options. So like there's so mine has a sports look, and it's got a game look, and it's got a photo look because you can show photos on it. Um, and then it's got two expert uh, ones, which uh, if you've if you've seen some of the new flat screen TVs, they look weird. They look too crisp. They look too clear. Movies tend to look like soap operas. Like I can see right. that's an actor in makeup. Yeah, you can actually make so the out ex- how they built the set out of plywood. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not a good experience, I think. Uh, so the expert modes put a little bit of motion blur on things, so it goes back to looking like film again, like you're, if you're old like I am, like what you're used to. Right. Um, so, so I, 
when this TV came, I basically played with those things. And there are forums online, lots of AV forums where they set up, and there's, they'll be like, I yeah, I work at Luke yeah. Film, and this is the TV I have, and here's how I set it up. And they'll give you all of the distinct points of this is exactly how mine's set up, and it's like skin tones are beautiful. But to me, it's like cocktails. It's, it, if you want a super saturated picture coming through, then sure, that's fine for you. Yeah. And if you want it to be brighter or you want it to be darker, whatever. Um, so I, I think you, again, rely on what you want it to look like. Um, and <laughs> easy for me to say because I live alone. And then your wife looks at it and goes, why is she red? <laughs> um, but generally speaking, and you can also hire people who will come in and calibrate your video for you. This is true. Yeah. I mean, if you're dead serious about it. I mean, the fact that there are amazingly deep, and I've been there, um, AV forums on the internet pretty much goes hand in hand with the fact that you can hire someone to come to your house and tweak your TV. Like, those are the same people. (laughs) Yes, and they upgrade, like, every year. There's a new TV that's better than the last TV, so I got it, and I spent $5,000 on these speakers because they make the sound of the waterfall like you're there right so let's let's circle back to your embarrassments okay brand new technology yes for and a large price for a large price and a large set but in fact that price was half of what they were the year before so Mm -hmm. it's apparently still very difficult to make oled tvs okay um it's they're printing something on a sheet and they cut the sheet and they mount it on glass and blah 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 and but the electronics are so thin and everything is so that it's harder than doing an LCD or an LED which has a black a, a lit plate behind it right so i so my intention when i bought this tv was well surely i won't need to replace this for like 10 years <laughs> I, i'm buying i'm buying the best at the time it was the best tv you could buy the advantage of OLED TVs, and this will may sound stupid, is that the blacks are truly black. Right. So if you if you watch anything else, even a plasma, blacks are gray because they're lit. Mm-hmm. And the OLED set has the ability to turn off pixels at the pixel level. So pixels are actually black. They just turn off. You don't notice the difference until you do see the difference. And it's sort of remarkable. Um so almost exactly a year after I bought it, I noticed this sort of smudge oh, no. on the top left edge of the screen. And it was maybe about the size of the tip of your thumb. So like if you just like squish the tip of your thumb against the edge of the screen, it was that big. And I don't know how long it was there. And I noticed it literally, like I said, two days before my warranty expired. Uh huh. So I placed a call to LG Electronics. And they were very nice, and they uh, sent out the local uh, TV guy, and I turned it on, and, and I said, see, it's right here. And it, and I don't know how many pixels are on the screen. I would say it was a group of a couple dozen pixels that no longer lit. Right. And unless the entire screen was white or bright, you probably wouldn't notice it. So I turned on the menu, which is this white panel, and I said, that it's right there. So he took out his camera and took a little picture of it, and he said, okay, I just need to re- report this in, and you'll hear from the uh, distribution center in uh, in a week's time. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe I did the warranty wrong, and maybe I'm out of warranty, it's going to cost me something, or maybe I don't even care, but I might, you know, I spent $4,000 fucking dollars on the thing. Right. 
and you want it to be perfect. So LG does call me about three, three days later, and they say, okay, it's going to cost us too much to, dis to, to exchange the display on that set, so we're going to give you an option. We will either send you a brand new TV of that same make and model. Well, mm -hmm. well it is the same make, but the same model. Um, or we will send you a check for the, the, for the uh, cost of it, which would be $3,000. Hmm. So I said, okay, uh, can I call you back? Because what I want to yeah. do is see if see if I can get a new TV for that's less better than, than the one I've got. Dollars. <laughs> yes. So, oh, and I, and then I also said, so what happens to the old TV? And they said, you can keep it. Oh. We don't want it. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. So now I'm going to have two TV, two huge. OLED TV. So I go online, I go well, to Amazon. But, no, but if you get $3,000... No, I, I'm not done with this story yet. I'm not done. <laughs> no, they don't want the TV. No, but I'm saying you can have the $3,000 just watch your smudge TV. Oh, God. You don't know that. You don't know me very well. No, no, no. That After you know the smudge is there, that's all I was looking at. But now it's I'm no at the longer smudge. a $4,000 TV. <laughs> it is it's not. A it's a cheap-ass TV now. It's a $3,000 TV. <laughs> so... I go to Amazon to see what 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 has changed in the in the year since I bought this TV, and in fact, there are three changes. Wire cutter? Is, is that one of your uh, sources? I did, but they ruled out the they ruled out these TVs as being too expensive. Okay, all right. Well, that's not, and maybe because of things like you know, okay, <laughs> it's still it's still new tech, and sometimes the pixels die. Right. Maybe. You're taking a chance. So I did. I went to Amazon and I found that the new TVs, they've they have a new system of printing the OLEDs directly onto the glass. It's called Picture on Glass, sure. which makes the screen thinner, like stupid thin. Stupid thin. Um, the new ones support HDR, which I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, I've seen it on like when I was shopping for an. AV receiver, I saw HR compatible, capable receivers. I didn't yeah, I didn't buy so... one. I did I did step up to four K on my receiver, so I have that, but my TV's okay. not four K. Um Well that's why you need a new one. Exactly. Uh, well HDR is uh has it stands for something, but what it basically means I think it's high high not high definition. Oh geez. High density. Yeah. No, but it's it is about extending the color palette. Okay, from what it currently is to getting closer to how your eyes see the number of colors that your eye can see. Okay, and in addition, it expands the lightness and darkness so that the the blacks are completely black and white is they say like you're looking at the sun, like white, oh, super white. Okay, wow. So, but there are two competing standards for that. There's HDR10, which is the open standard, mm -hmm. and, and then Dolby uh, worked out a new standard called Dolby Vision. A trusted and name. Of course, Dolby says theirs is better than HDR10 because it is a wider gamut, and also cleans up the picture and does stuff that Dolby. All right. So, um, the new TVs, and then. In order to have HDR, in addition, 
the HDMI plug was modified, so you can have HDMI 2.0, mm-hmm. but you need HDMI 2.0A. Oh, my Lord. Yes. <laughs> that much of a difference. It didn't, is... even, it didn't even warrant a dot number. No, it's no. It's just it's this a one letter. little, like, we it need just... to expand the bandwidth just a little bit for this stuff to come through. So you have to have a cable that's optimized for that and then the plugs. And because that's hardware, you can't update a TV with the software to get HDR. So the new TVs have both the HDRs in case one wins and the other doesn't. Well, that's nice because I always hate when there's competing standards. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like I I lived through Um, the Betamax VHS battles. did, did Did you go beta? No, I was actually a VHS guy, so okay. I, I lucked out. Yes, oh. even though Beta apparently was the better platform. Yeah, well, I, I also the grew AV up... Geeks and AV I also grew up poor, so we didn't have a VCR until they were cheap. So Yeah, ours was a Panasonic, and it was huge. This mm. huge thing with the thing that came up on the top. And oh, the pop-top, yeah. And and stuck the thing the in. pop-top, yeah. It was not a feeder yet. Yeah. So... Long story, long, long, long story short. Uh, I'm selling my old TV to my friend James, who just moved into a new apartment and needs a TV and likes my TV. And I said, well, I'll cut you a deal because it's got this blemish. And he's yeah. like, I don't give a fuck about the blemish. <laughs> I'm getting a 65-inch OLED TV, uh-huh. lightly used. Right. So with the money he's giving me for that and the check I'm getting from LG, I get a new TV that's again well you know and i guess it's it'll be good if it's good for a year and then i get another replacement tv i'm fine with that if they just keep replacing the tv yeah, yeah. who am i to who am i to argue i'll be either guinea pig as long as they want to send me free tvs well so, not free but well, yeah i mean it's taken some work less. but yeah you finagled it um so are you uh brand loyal on electronics or uh, I tend to be. Um, I I I'm getting the LG TVs only because they make the best and almost the only OLED screens currently. Um, and uh, uh, the picture is. And after this service thing, I mean, we're just yeah, you can keep the TV. We don't care. Have a check. Yeah. Um, I'm that's really good. I mean, they didn't even they didn't no. ask me like that's great. Did you kick it? Did anything happen? No. It was like. Oh, okay. Well, here's a new TV. Yep. And then on the audio side, I I use a Denon slash um, the other Denon, also owned by Denon, starting with an M, not Magnavox, not Monsanto. Is, <laughs> Any, it, is uh, it Marantz? It is Marantz. Yes. Oh, I, Marantz I used to. I, I used to have a Marantz, and it was the best receiver slash cd carousel so this is when i had it I mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, cool i had one of those as well and i fucking miss those machines the the marantz components are just well they're so still awesome. there for you yeah they cost you a pretty penny Jake. they cost a pretty penny i i i just switched to denon my new receiver is a denon so mm-hmm. i'm inching back into that world and if it's new, it probably does have all the HDRness in it to pass through. It's it's really more the TV, yeah. and or 
if you get the TV that does the HDR and your Denon doesn't, you can actually send the signal to the TV and then there'll be an audio out from the TV to go right. into. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it'll, it'll options, work one way or the other. Options. Yes. Um, yeah. The only step remaining in my setup Odyssey is to train my Logitech universal remote to work everything again. Oh, it's bliss. It's fine. I like the Logitech remotes as well. I just love being able to have a single remote that actually does things easily. Um, the component remotes are all horrible. I've realized that just recently because I had to pull out my TV's remote and you know the receiver's remote just so I could try to troubleshoot the problems with the old one. And all those remotes are disgusting. I hate them all. <laughs> There's too many buttons. Well, and they're laid um, out bizarrely. They don't make any sense. Like the new Denon's remote is just, yeah, gross, gross, gross. Yeah, they're all they're all terrible. The, the actually though, <laughs> the one for the LG TV is nice. It's kind of got a wand. They did the the move thing, so you can. There's a cursor on the screen that you move around by moving the. Oh, remote somehow it's like we for yeah and, and it does i mean it sort of works and you're <laughs> if your hand eye is all right right but the the remote is really simple and there's also just a little like a joysticky thing that mm -hmm. will also work the same way but i would agree the logitech's the the layout is nice the the dearth of buttons is mm -hmm. nice i like that it lights up and you can see it in a dark room well i mean they they really sort of followed tivo's lead and the TiVo remote was the best remote hands down ever. Yeah. Except that it felt the same upside down as upside up. Right. So, and I'd say the Logitech solved that problem somehow. So I'm big fan of those remotes. So my I'm trying next... to decide where I'm going to go. Yeah. Where am I going to go? Uh, I'm going to do a Bobby Burns just to keep it traditional. Um, Although I have, huh? I have some weird ideas. I, I went out and got some Benedictine just because I do want to also do the New Orleans drink show. Yes, I did. And I have spoken with uh, our friend a little bit, and his he has an interesting uh, requirement, which we will discuss when oh, we get okay. back. All right. Back. <laughs> All right. All right. Refreshing my palate. So I, I did the Rob Roy this time. Okay. With the, which scotch? I used, I, so I went, I went upscale. This would be like a 15 or $16 Rob Roy. So this is long row peated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, again, it was a bottle that I had not even opened. <laughs> so I'm figuring, you know, why savor it if you're not, you know, drink the stuff. And I was curious to see how a really good scotch manages against you know a cocktail yeah and the rob roy is basically the manhattan template like sweet vermouth and whiskey with some bitters Ooh, Ooh it holds up <laughs> mm. so i did the bobby burns with uh compass boxes great king street glasgow blend mm -hmm. which, which is a great bottle and uh, it's smoke and sherry notes is what the label tells me to look for. <laughs> sherry is having a big comeback. Every And then, so as we discussed, and now we know what sherry tastes like. Well, uh, some sherries. Sure. Just way too 
too many, but there was a an, a, an, a video or an article or something the BBC uh, showing Sherry's is making Sherry's making a comeback. Oh yeah, like comeback. everything else is making a yeah. comeback. So, so our low drink. alcohol cocktails and everything else for the third year in a row, I think um, this year's the year they catch on. This is delicious. The Bobby Burns mm-hmm. is one of my favorite cocktails, and I forget about it because it's a Scotch cocktail, and I don't tend to make those. But the Bobby Burns is it worthwhile to add to your repertoire. Fucking fantastic! Oh, even better. Um, I'm sorry. Tell me again what what was in there? I've already forgotten. You have. Uh, it typically calls for a blended Scotch, which is why having compass and what else and. Um, Sweet vermouth, so two ounces scotch, three-quarter sweet vermouth, one-quarter Benedictine. So we're moving into, like, Vucare sort of territory. Um, right. And then some Angostura or whatever uh, aromatic bitters you like. I use scrappies in this one. Mm. A twist of, uh, I think that's a clementine that I have a twist of there. So Man, I love clementine. Something orangish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I use Boker's bitters. Boker, that's hard to say. Why is that Boker's bitters? It shouldn't be hard to say. Rolls right off the tongue. It's easy. <laughs> oh my god, I've been drinking. <laughs> uh, my holiday is was typically low key. You got some cleaning done. I got I got tons of stuff done here. It which is what I do on Sunday. So it wasn't actually different from a typical Sunday, other than super quiet, easy to get around and do anything because there wasn't anybody on the streets and everything was closed. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, and I have I have a whole week off now. I'm really happy, um, and I'm right at the beginning, so I, I have nothing to look forward to, but nothing. Oh, you have the whole middle week off. That's smart. I, I have it all. I've got it all. I did the same thing on Thanksgiving, and it, it's a, and this is even better because there's an extra holiday at the end yeah. for New Year's. Yeah. So you get an extra day in addition to the whole freaking week. See, I and I, I, I usually take the middle week off. Just because my, mm-hmm. my, well, my birthday is January 1st, so New Year's Day. Um, so I usually take time off around my birthday. Mine's December 29th, so happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Look at us. Yeah. But uh, this time, because both holidays were four-day weekends, I kind of talked myself out of taking the three extra days. And so now I have to go in to work tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, they, uh, my company gave us Monday and Tuesday off mm. for some reason. Uh, so it was, it was a oh, question did of, did you have the Friday off? We did not have Friday See, off, but everybody, my... everybody, everybody left at noon. So it was yeah. kind of like having Friday off. That's yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. My company for both holidays gave us Friday, Monday. So we have ah. that kind of four day weekend, which is awesome. I wish every weekend was a full weekend. Not having a Monday is amazingly great. I really like putting Monday off. Yeah. I have a feeling tomorrow's not going to be the best Tuesday in my life though. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. It could be the most amazing Tuesday ever. Well, I know I know work is going to be super low key because so many people took the middle week off that I'm just going to be doing whatever i feel like doing so that's fine uh anyway um i think between the two of these Mm -hmm. if you are a scotch lover go for the rob roy yeah because it's it is two full ounces of scotch with like a kiss yeah 
of the sweet vermouth and whatever else you want to throw in there. It's got an ounce. It's a classic sort of Manhattan ratio. And then it has the delicious cherries. You are buying the delicious cherries at home, aren't you, I trust? Mm. Luxardo all the way. The other ones in the the white white porcelain with the blue, yeah. yeah, they crystallized. Oh, see, I have that really. I have, I have that happen with Luxardos as well. Um, oh. But, but I refrigerate my cherries. I do not. I yeah. leave them right up in the, in the with all the other accoutrements. I've said that word twice now. I must really like it. Yeah. And I am affected. Um, well, we've had like two downloads from France, so now you can be embarrassed about it. Accoutrements! <laughs> uh, for the French speakers. So Pablo, mm-hmm. our friend Pablo who lives and works and is extraordinarily good at being from New Orleans. I mean, uh, his, his name, you should spell his name because there's none more New Orleans name than the way he spells Pablo. Pa- pa- Pablo is spelled P-A-B-L-E-A-U-X. Yes. And his, his act, it's not his real name, or it's not his given name. It's, sure. it's the name that everyone knows him by now. Right. His real name is, I keep saying, his, his real name is Pablo. His given name is Paul. Yes. But almost no one calls him Paul. Right. Unless you've known him for a really long time, he's, he's Pablo. So anyway, uh, we've talked several times about, because New Orleans, I mean, obviously, the, the cocktail history down there is formidable, or for our French friends, formidable. <laughs> and we really wanted to have uh, him come on and tell us, because he knows that city. He, Inside he's, out. He's there. He's in the middle of it. Um, so here's... So I invited him this week, mm-hmm. and he said he will do it if we come to New Orleans. Uh, do we have to record it in New Orleans, or do we just have to go to New Orleans as a payment? Uh, my for... my impression was the first part. Like okay. we would, we we would go in order to get to drag us to New Orleans, which would just be a hell hole. It's just terrible there. Mm. Uh, that's that's how we would get him to record an episode my... with. It's not like one of my favorite cities in the whole wide world at all. <laughs> it's terrible. Don't go. All the if you're if you if it's on your list of I gotta go there before I die, just don't. No. Leave it for us. Yeah. You don't don't need to go there. Go to Des Moines. Or I hear you, it's beautiful. If if you want to go, go in August or September when it's Oh god, oh god yes. Hell. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, the best it's, time it's of the really year. pleasant. It's the best time to go the to the air Orleans. conditioning is blowing full blast. Uh you don't run into a lot of people on the streets. Yeah. Just um that's the time you and... should go and Lance and I will take the hit and go in the winter. <laughs> I've only actually I've only ever been there in the winter. I guess the latest I've been there was March. Uh I don't it, it was right around the, the 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 jazz festival, which I think happens in April or something like that yeah. i've only so just before then embarrassingly i've only been once but it literally is one of my favorite cities uh based on that one visit and that was uh the end of september going into october and i nearly melted because i was wearing my heavy denim hipster jeans and a black t-shirt walking around yeah no and what so what are your travel plans this year jake are, are we gonna make a trek down to nola I absolutely yes. Can we okay. please? <laughs> we, we certainly can. We'll 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 discuss that more offline. Yeah. But, um, and this is exciting. I don't know how to do a like three person 
podcast recording in the same room. I only know. You no, know, to... if it fucks up, we'll say that we we followed the instructions and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. So now you have to do a one where we have a little bit more control and we can actually hear each other. That's the thing. Yeah. If if it doesn't work, we can always do Skype. Or as a follow you know, up. Oh, these. Uh, if I if I pack my my uh, mic, mm-hmm. they do the thing where they it's circular recording, so we could do it like in Pablo's kitchen uh-huh. Just... as he's making us gumbo, uh-huh. and we're sipping on bocorés or something. And yeah, it'll probably like it... for, first actual live recording. Yeah, with with uh... it'll be a mess and we'll be super drunk. But and and, we'll... and my wife Heather will be laughing her ass off in the background. Excellent, perfect. So, uh, I'll see who else we can wrangle into this. We'll try to we'll, we'll try to make it a, a party town, just for us though. Mm-hmm. No one else may come. Well, that's exciting. I, All right. I, I I am super excited about that. Uh, Heather will make sure it happens for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we'll talk about timing. Um, but my my year is. I think this is my year of travel because apparently. I'm supposed to go meet my friend George, uh, who lives in London. And mm. then we're going to get in a Land Rover and run around Scotland. Holy shit, at some point. that sounds awesome. And then at the end of the year, Diana and I are talking about uh, Italy and Austria. Mm. So, it, so you know, Amaro's and whatever they drink in Austria. Yeah. Is that Do they have the, the ice fine ice, ice, ice there? Maybe. Is, uh, I, there's a... Is, isn't that where the Underberg, Underberg comes from? Unterberg? Is it? I thought they were German, but maybe they, they, it does seem more Austrian now that I think about it. I mean, it's all Alps, right? So, yeah. If, if any of this pans out, I don't know. This is just like the, this is the talk. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, I could have really used that three thousand dollars, couldn't I? <laughs> See? Oh well. Uh... <laughs> live and learn live and learn why save money you're a single guy with a good job you're fine um i think i think i'll be okay yeah so um yeah uh i kind of wanted this also to be the year when heather and i come see you in san francisco as well so uh it's completely doable um they got this thing now called airbnb i don't know if you've heard of it yep, but yep. you can stay in an apartment in a neighborhood and yep. cook your own food and shit there's probably then, one right in your building not to be creepy or anything but <laughs> there probably is or there will be very soon um there's certainly some in, in the hood um or you can just you know be like a civilized person and go to a hotel and get room service and where they they do your sheets every day i, I kind of like the airbnb situation do you yeah I haven't tried it. I've had, I've stayed with friends who did it, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, I, I do and, feel like it's sort of hit or miss. But I've only mm-hmm. I've only tried it just like New Orleans once, um, and it worked out really great, just like New Orleans. So um, it was Santa Barbara, and it was an old kind of bungalow. Well, no, it was an old apartment building is shops on the street level and then like four or six apartments on the second level yeah and obviously those probably would have been the sort of like long-term stay sort of you know the guy with too many duis lives there and (laughs) rides his bike to work 
Wow, that you have a really vivid imagination about this apartment you stayed in once. Yeah, you should have seen. Pretty cool. You should have seen right. the artwork. Um. Anyway, oh. <laughs> my mind went a completely different direction. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, uh, it was. It was. It was adorable. I had a whole apartment with like its own little bathroom and a bedroom and a little kitchenette which I didn't end up using. I had grand ideas of cooking myself breakfast every morning, but I just stayed out and drank too much every night. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you're on vacation, sort of. Well, no, I, I was at work with my new company, but, you know, they have a really good cocktail bar in Santa Barbara, and I spent every yeah. night there. Um, Santa Barbara is super cute. I love Santa Barbara. Cheer, cheers to the Good Lion. It's a wonderful cocktail bar. It's the only craft cocktail bar in Santa Barbara. But it's wonderful. That's probably ch- how long ago was that? It's probably changed by now. No, that was last would, year. Because people from L.A. go to Santa Barbara, and I would think they'd be all like, "Because people from L.A. sound exactly like that." By the way, there, 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 there are restaurants that do a craft cocktail program, but this is a standalone cocktail bar, and all it's, right. it's the only one. Um, otherwise, there are dive bars. There are beer places and lots of wine bars because wine. And was it it was proximate to your locale? Oh, yeah. So Although Santa Barbara is very tiny. It is very tiny. But my Airbnb was two blocks from the office. And then the office was like three blocks to the Good Lion. And then I had a good like four or five block walk back to the apartment. Swaying. Um, <laughs> so not necessarily a walk. <laughs> a lean. A lean towards. Yes. Uh so for our European friends, we should say, so Santa Barbara is a tiny seaside village uh, uh, up the coast uh, north of Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Um, it is uh, not famous for anything, really. They make uh, It has there. a zero. It ha- uh, oh, and also Forrest Tucker has a, <laughs> you know who Forrest <laughs> Tucker is? Yeah, he has like a spa ranch thing that you can stay at there. Although think- he's dead, so it's not. Not him. Yeah, I, I feel like some number of semi-famous people like to reside in Santa Barbara because it's separate from... And I think uh, Pepperdine is there? Am I... I'm... UCSB is there. Okay, but I think Pepperdine is there because the Pep Boys... Oh, okay. Somewhere the, in my head, I'm the getting pep, these The things. Pep Boys, the audi- auto repair shop? Yeah. Yes, yes. So oh, they okay. are, I believe that's where it started, and it had something to do with Pepperdine... This is, I'm. This is like from the sieve of my brain. I'm pulling little pieces together and, and knitting a web. But um, Santa Barbara has a zero growth initiative, which means you cannot build any new buildings there. If you want to build new, you have to buy an old, old one and demolish it and build on top of it. But the real estate, like everywhere else in here in California, is insanely Super expensive. Super insane. So so insane, in fact, that people I work with that live in Santa Barbara think Boulder where I work is affordable, which is <laughs> bonkers. <laughs> I, yeah. Santa, Santa Barbara, you, you definitely pay for the privilege of, of living there. It is, it is, it's darling. It's quaint. It's quiet. Um, it's, and it's also a weird whiff of California in the fifties and sixties because the architecture mm-hmm. and I think the street lights are probably the same that they were. Well, and that's what forever. gets me about California in general is everything, everything that isn't brand new is way older than you expect it to be. And that goes for <laughs> Hollywood 
and that goes for Santa Barbara. You know, like the apartment building I stayed in with the Airbnb is a perfect example. Like this was built in the 40s, 40s maybe? Probably 30s, 30s and 40s, yeah, probably. And it's still standing and it's still being used and like it's it's not derelict, but it's used. But, but Santa Barbara is unusual. Santa Barbara is a weird little bubble within the state because in San Francisco, I guess I would have to put with that as well in that we do sort of value the history of the place. Well, and San Francisco has the famous reset button of a giant earthquake that knocked everything down. That is also true and burned it. <laughs> knocked it down and then burned it. Yeah. Um, um, Los Angeles does tend to only value the new. Well, so uh, in specifically, I'm talking about Hollywood and even more specifically, I'm talking about Los Feliz because that's where I spent all my time visiting Los Angeles mm-hmm. and that area still feels old. Like is that it, up up in the hills or? It's right below uh, the observatory. The okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. So... There's a another another neighborhood. You if you make it to L and you want to like kind of feel what it was like in if you want to like if you really like um, L A Confidential, go to Pasadena. Oh yeah, which is where the rose where the rose parade is held. Yeah, we used it's to also we used to trek out to Pasadena for pizza. Uh, there's one particular pizza place that's really amazing there. I can't remember the name. Um, Don't tell, because then everyone will go there and it'll be ruined. Yeah, all hundred uh, ish people that listen to this. So yes, pre- they're all going to get on a plane and they're going to go to New Orleans and won't wait for us. They're going to fly right from Sweden. <laughs> totally and france apparently <laughs> no and i i don't want to shortchange our american listeners but we really do care about the european listeners for some reason well uh, it's just interesting really i think it's it's, it's a curiosity I think it's... why the fuck are you listening to us yeah why are you there go have it go have a drink on us send us the bill we'll we'll pay the scone yeah. what i don't even know Scones? Has, it's euros <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't they use scones? Isn't that a form of currency? In I'm I'm right about this. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Have you eaten one? They're hard. Yeah. They're made of metal. They're not good things. They're not. I don't care who tries to tell me they are. They're not. I don't like scones. No, you just have to smear enough stuff on Mm-mm. them. No, it it it's like eating uh, drywall, or it's just terrible. They're terrible. <laughs> of all of the pastries you could eat, why would you stick that in your mouth? Yeah, a croissant is so it's much a, better. Uh, exactly, or you know the the anything with like cream or chocolate in it, or or just donuts. Just a glazed donut is better than a scone. Yeah, it's like fifteen cents, and it's better than a scone. Well, once again, America wins. Or crumpets. <laughs> I like crumpets. Either. I don't they know. What, the, kind of I don't know if I know what a crumpet is. Okay, so a crumpet. Uh, it's it's around about the size of a english muffin mm-hmm. but the texture is much is is spongy so that when you it is it's literally spongy and there are holes on the top so when you put and this is how to eat them by the way uh-huh. when you put on sweet butter and lemon curd the butter soaks in, into the so it's just do you, all do you heat them so they're warm yeah. to melt the butter? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like an English muffin situation where they absorb into the crannies. and It, it is, but um, an English muffin is more bready. I, can't, oh, I don't even know I, what crumpet... I wasn't, I wasn't comparing the English muffin to a crumpet. It's just yep. physically absorption yep. sort of... If you go, if you go 
go to high tea or anything and they offer you crumpets, just take them. If they offer you scones, throw them at them and then say, where are the fucking crumpets? <laughs> See, there are... Which is how the I, Brits I have had scones that I've enjoyed, so I don't know. <laughs> no, I've given up. I, I, I've heard this from several people that they like scones and I have tried them and tried them and tried them. And no. No, it's like it's typically like I'm blondie. with you. Why would you have a blondie if you can have a brownie? Well, yes. Bl- okay. Blondies yeah. are also stupid. Blondies it's are. It's, it's, White chocolate is also stupid. It's crap. It's crap food. Why did they even invent it? Where did it come from? It Who thought like, it was good? It tastes like wax. It's terrible. It's terrible. White terrible. chocolate is terrible. No, we agree on that, that at least. You can have your scones. Or scones. <laughs> I'm actually not. I've heard it pronounced both ways, so I just I have wanted, too, to, yeah. wanted to give give those give the scone fans their their due. Um, but yeah, I, I think my eyes are getting old, Lance. Do, you, do I think they're getting old? No, in, I I think my eyes are getting old. I, I can't like I can't read things sometimes. Oh, and you're asking me if I can see this from where I'm sitting? No, I'm just making a comment. I'm saying I think my eyes are getting old. And it's been a long time coming. Um, back when I was applying to military academies, uh, I had, <laughs> I had tw- oh, twenty. That explains the haircut. Twenty fifteen in one eye and twenty ten in the other. Uh, but you don't wear glasses. No, I still don't wear glasses. Um, I got a pair. I got a prescription once for mm-hmm. like eye fatigue, staring at a computer. Yeah. And uh, those didn't work because I looked all around the lens all the time and gave myself headaches. Like, I didn't use the glasses. I would look below them and around them. Terrible. Okay. Well, if I I were you, a cheap cheap way to figure this out is, like, go to Walgreens and just get some reading glasses, some, like, Mm -hmm. 2X reading glasses, Mm -hmm. and see if those help you out. Because they do a remarkable job. Yeah, and... I, I think I need to give in and do that because sometimes I can't. Like I was, I was going to read the back of the bottle of the uh, King Street here to see mm-hmm. what sort of story they tell. But uh, given the lighting and my eyeballs, uh, I cannot. <laughs> well, uh, my eyes have been shit since the third grade, third or fourth grade when I started wearing glasses, and then for a while I switched to contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is so much trouble. Contacts are very fiddly, and now I'm bi- now I'm I'm at the stage where I'm bifocaling it. Oh dear! So, so are yeah. they actual bifocals or transitional? These are transitions. How's that? Um, How's that? Um, you get used to it. Okay. Um, you it eliminates a lot of the viewable area of the lens. Sure. Yeah. Because really, you have to look straight at things. So you learn to turn your head instead of <laughs> instead of your eyes because. Because it's transitioning at the edges, it's not the same mm-hmm. uh, prescription. See, my whole think, problem is I have really strong peripheral vision. Like, I notice things in my peripheral vision, like, really well. Yeah. And that's what distracts me when I'm trying to use glasses. Like, it, I, I Oh, because you can see the frames? or No, I, I, I see stuff happening oh, out, outside the your... viewport of the lenses. So it doesn't really work for me. Uh, yeah, but then I have to poke myself in the eye, and I'm not sure I'm cool you, with that. The, well, but then the new contacts are this weird, super thin, slippy stuff that's basically made of water. 
water is what I'm told because your your eyes yeah and they're they're perforated so that your eyes breathe because apparently your eyes need to breathe they oh, figured all this out that's nice okay so they're really thin and you you basically just touch it, it you get used to it faster than you thought you would I'm sure I, yeah I mean my, my and wife... then you don't have to worry about the peripheral stuff yeah yeah maybe um <laughs> If you want to see, that's all. I'm just saying. You don't. Maybe you don't want. I don't it. know, man. I'm. I'm. Given kinda... this last year, if you want to keep up anymore? Is it worth seeing all this shit? So it's just gonna get fun. I had ear surgery this year, and mm-hmm. given the experience of that, like I do LASIK in a second. Like I. I... <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, I I wouldn't because I I have two friends, and then I hear mm-hmm. stories. Who did try it, and one developed uh, night blindness, mm. which means all the lights turn into starlight. You can't yeah, focus. I, I had a friend who had the stars, like starburst yeah. situation. And the other to. friend had to wear glasses anyway. Yeah. It, it, but it, I, it did. I, I mean LASIK as a general term. I know there are better techniques than the actual branded LASIK at this point. Um, I don't know. I, if I could see without glasses, I would certainly be much happier than I am. Mm. Because again, now I'm at bifocals, so I can't see far. I can't see close. <laughs> you know, I can't see. I just can't see anymore. But I mean, you you have fashion accessories. I do, but but, but let's let's revisit the the 3D TV. Uh-huh. So I have. I have to, so I got these little, so it's, it's passive 3d. So you, you still wear like the darkened lenses. Right. So either I wear these glasses on top of my glasses, which mm-hmm. is weird, mm-hmm. or they've got like clip ons that you wear to the, like sun, like sunglass click up clip ons. Yeah. yeah. But it's still suboptimal to me is if I, if I didn't have glasses and I could just wear the 3d glasses, I, uh, these are the things I think about when I spend $4,000 on a TV. Why do I have, this is annoying. Who hasn't solved this problem yet? (laughs) And how much money do I have to pay them? Well, I feel like you could probably spend like $700 and get some prescription 3D glasses or something like that. You can actually. (laughs) I want to go back to your AV thing though. So are you a surround sound guy or are you just a stereo guy? No, I I have surrounds. Okay. And do, do you find them... Do you like them? I like them especially for watching sports, which is surprising oh. to me. Because um, is it crowd sound? Yeah, they put I don't they sports. put crowd sound behind you, and it's awesome. <laughs> and then when the so when the scene changes, you, are you like also on the field? Can you hear like? No, people? it's 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 they just it's always cr- just crowd. All they try to do is make it seem like you're at the stadium. So, okay. So when you're at the stadium, all you can hear is like the PA and mm-hmm. the announcer and, you know, all the crowd behind you. Yeah. They must like place a microphone or something because you can hear like individual clapping. Yay. Like right there, right behind you. And it's like, wow, uh-huh. it's that really cool. I like it. keeps clapping. Stop yeah. clapping. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the surround and I'd like it. I like it best when you don't notice it. And in films, that's usually the music is yeah. sort of all-encompassing as Especially well. Especially like so creepy the... movies. You know, yeah. With, with the tension, those strings yeah. come in to build some tension. Mm-hmm. 
that that creeps up behind you and it comes. And you got you. the sub the subwoofer. Yeah. Subwoofer. Um, I have I a really have... weird setup. I I have a. So I have surround. So I I have a six point one surround system. So I, I just hmm. have, I just have a center rear. So okay. Two surrounds and a center rear, um, which is unusual, but. I ran the wires under my floorboards, so that's what I have. And yeah. luckily, you know, the re- the receivers do support that setup. And... Yeah, I don't I don't know that you necessarily need the seven dot one right. for the back because I think there is just one channel for the back anyway. I don't know. Although there there are there are two new surround sound things, which is Dolby Atmos and yeah. and DTS X. Yeah, so my and, my new receiver asked me if I had Atmos enabled speakers and, and I do you don't. know what that means? No. So Atmos adds a top speaker. Mm-hmm. So so front, just, rear, just, and now just to overhead. Like throw sound at the ceiling? I assume so. There's not <laughs> a lot of source material that uses Dolby Atmos yet. Um, and you, it's definitely at use in like theaters when you go to the movies, right. they use Dolby Atmos because yeah. they have like, like 16, I don't know how many speakers they use, but supposedly the, so the Atmos are supposed to be mounted above your TV. So mm-hmm. whatever, I don't know, bird noises come, I don't, I actually don't know what it adds, but that's, if you're wondering, that's what it is. All right. So, uh, my drink is dry. We're, uh, close to our usual time. But do you want to have a play round? <laughs> I haven't had a boyfriend in a while, Jake, so you'll need to explain what that really means. Make up your own damn drink. Oh, um, I will do that because I expected to be drunker than I am, and I'm less drunk than I expected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I have room for... Well, it's not like drinking just the scotch in a glass. Like, we're watering down true. the scotch. So. Yeah, but everything I'm watering it down with also contains alcohol. Yeah, but less. Okay. <laughs> you talked me into it. You're like a good bartender. Do you want another round? I gotta go. Really? Do you have to go? Are you driving? Because no, I have not. this bottle that I have. <laughs> All right. So have I, you tried this? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be crazy. I'm gonna try something. Here we go. It's it's experiment time on the Jake and Lance show. Are you giving me any hints or just gonna you don't know? I I don't know. I'm gonna see what I have and smell it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and go, oh okay, I can see this working with the other thing. I guess. I don't know. I, I'm not really good at this part of it, Jake. I think you you do a better job of like, mm, I need some bitter here and some sweet and this this will add a little uh mouth feel. <laughs> Yeah, that's and me. And normally when that's I put, me. when I put things together, I'm like, well, this is like vermouth, and this is like gin. If I put them together, it's mm. like a martini, and then you taste it, and you're like, this is nothing like a martini. So, so, so based on that, I'm gonna I'm gonna project I'm gonna predict that uh, you're gonna go somewhere near a quinato or something like that. We shall see. I'm gonna play with chartreuse. I like the fact we have similar chairs. <clears throat> Mine's an Eames. See, I figured yours was the real thing. Mine's a knockoff. Yeah, this is this is 
first round bubble. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That means it was before design within reach. Correct. I got this from some other company that was trying to be design within reach by and they were selling like to make a name for themselves, I guess, like half off Herman Miller. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can I can hang with that. So I got this and I have the uh the lounge chair with the ottoman. The... Oh my goodness. You are <laughs> yeah. So fancy. But don't buy one if you have a cat. Oh yeah. Is did you get what 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 are your colors? Is it black with like walnut or what? Exactly. Yes, it's the dark wood with the black leather. It's the classic. I I guessed. And it is so comfortable oh my god if you have a 65 inch tv screen get yourself an eames (laughs) because why not except i would have to get two yes then do it you will love it it's worth it it'll be your it'll be there forever yeah uh so what'd you do so so i tried to do a riff on a blood and sand because i liked it the first time and i had half of a blood orange left so this is one ounce of, of long row peated scotch, half an ounce of Kina Kina, okay. three quarters of an ounce of Lille Rouge, and the blood orange juice. Interesting. That's got a lot of weirdness going on. It does have a lot of weirdness going on. It has an interesting bitterness, mm-hmm. um, but it really melts into the scotch taste and gives it a really woody flavor, like almost like you're sucking on wood. That's interesting. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I did, when when I first proposed the scotch cocktail thing, I was looking at recipes and realized that I still needed to get Benedictine just so I could do the Bobby Burns. It's like, what would... Bobby Burns without Benedictine be like, I was like, well, you could try chartreuse. Um, so what I did was equal parts chartreuse and Amaro Nonino, mm-hmm. which is one of the best things in this world. Um, and granted, point to be made, uh, I'm really not sure about um, chartreuse still. Like chartreuse, I agree, and to me, it's, it's, it's difficult to me. Yeah, it is surprisingly sweet. It's um, really sweet. So I went with the King Street Glasgow one more time, um, and stuck with the Dolan Rouge for vermouth, and uh, my ratios were weird, so I ended up making a four ounce cocktail and. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, you try things, and sometimes they work. It's the shank of the evening, as my friend used to say. So this is uh, too much chartreuse for me. Um, and you can do over. You know, that's no, one no, of our no, rules. No, 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 no. It, it's, it's a drinkable drink. It's fine. Uh, but uh, I would not be proud of this if I served it to a friend. Aha. Uh-huh. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, the only thing I have chartreuse for is I'm going to say last word. Is that a chartreuse drink? Uh, which I re- really enjoy, but I think it's because it's a, just a 
like <laughs> you just pass the bottle over the drink. Yeah. It's not too well, short. I, I also sort of hemmed and hawed between yellow and green because I got both because mm-hmm. I, because I wanted to dr- try the disco ball shot, which is uh, another sort of bartender's handshake sort of shot. But, it's, but you don't like chartreuse. But <laughs> it's go, e- equal go, parts. Go. Find e- your words. Equal parts, yellow, green, and mezcal. And it's a great little shot. But yes, I, I have difficulty with uh, chartreuse. I do love the last word. Um, I really like yellow chartreuse a bit better, I think. Mm. Um, but once you buy these things, they're, they're, it's very precious because they're $65 bottles. They are, they are pricey. You can buy the little bottles. Yeah, they do have uh, 375s, which makes it the same price as a full-size bottle of Campari. But um, yep. So I, I hemmed and hawed, and I, I had originally thought I should try this with yellow chartreuse, but uh, I have less of that than the green, so I went with the green. <laughs> <laughs> okay um i i don't think i have any experience with the yellow uh dinah had a bottle of that really the really expensive chartreuse yeah like the vsop or vep it's V-E-P. yeah vep yeah i i think she she got it at a silent auction and i think mm-hmm. everybody else thought it was just chartreuse and didn't really bid on it right so she she got it for cheap yeah and it still tastes like chartreuse i mean well, and what I've seen, a friend of mine who moved to Germany uh, in the past year or so um, sent me a text with a photograph of this uh, chartreuse concentrate that they make. Like, this is the medicinal oh. stuff that's sold in drugstores, basically. But it's chartreuse. And it's still alcoholic, but it's like super concentrate herbal craziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it doesn't inspire. Well, no, and she ba- she basically sent me the picture and is like, "What do I do with this?" And I like typed on my computer machine. To... <laughs> I don't know. I was like, "What is it? what? I've never I've never even heard of this." So I typed on my computer machine to see what the hell it was. I was like, "Oh, that." Um, no, put two drops in a gin and tonic and call it a day. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No. Uh, uh, yeah, no. I, I, uh, chartreuse is one of those things I don't... I guess people... I guess certain people really like it. Like, they'll drink yeah. a little glass of chartreuse. Yeah. And um, and actually, in my... Well, uh, chartreuse so is I, pretty high alcohol, too. Yeah. Um, for that category of thing. So... It's, it's... Two, two, so two of my favorite uh, Christmas movies, my two favorite Christmas movies are... Die Hard. Uh, no, not Die Hard. <laughs> Sorry. That's so cliche now. Everyone's like, Die I know. Hard. All the hipsters are talking about Die Hard. Uh, whatever. No. Uh, these are actual Christmas movies. They're not uh, Bruce Willis action movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is We're No Angels with Humphrey Bogart and uh, Peter Ustinov mm-hmm. and Basil Rathbone. You and the other Peter Ustinov. You're... I love Peter Ustinov. Uh, he's just fun to listen to. He's got great stories. And the other one is uh, The Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant and Loretta Young and David Niven. So now I'm sort of attuned to what are people drinking in 
movies. Mm. So the Weird No Angels takes place on Devil's Island. So it's actually a summer Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and the the three main actors are playing escaped criminals who are it's, trying to get off is the island. The Thin Man is the original Thin Man. The first Thin Man is that Christmas time. It does take place at Christmas time. It okay. does. They wake up on Christmas morning, and he shoots the balls with his new gun. Oh, see, I don't, so, I don't know if that's the first one though. I think that might be is. the second one. No, it, it trust. No, the second one is the New Year's one. Okay, all right. The second one is the first one's in New York. The second one directly they follows take where they the take train the train to California, yeah, to San Francisco, where they have a beautiful house up on Nob Hill. Of course, they do. Yeah. Uh, I, so yes, the, I fucking love those movies. So save yeah, that, save that for too. another episode. But yeah, yeah, we can, we can don't, we can do a whole group of episodes about movies and cocktails, but. You brought up chartreuse. So one of the so the in uh, We're No Angels, they hole up in a basically variety store on the island that's in arrears. And you should watch it because it is an amazingly good film. I believe it's uh, done by the same director who did Casablanca. Oh, nice. I, um, I, I And it's in color. Honestly, don't 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 say it. You haven't seen Casablanca. Uh, I have seen Casablanca. OK. Um, no, I, I was just going to make a point that all the millenniums that listen to our show should really watch more old movies because they're fantastic. Yeah, they are. And I I feel for you because when I was young, the only movies that really counted were the ones that weren't black and white and took place in movie theaters. I didn't really want to watch anything old either. Mm. Um, and classic films, I didn't understand them. Why are these classics? Why are they good? But anyway. Right. Um so the at one point a woman walks in to the in into the shop and she wants to buy, she wants to buy a bottle of chartreuse chartreuse oh she says it so so wonderfully um because she buys it every christmas it's the present that she gives her husband every christmas a bottle of chartreuse which i guess lasts all year then because she buys it every christmas yeah right you take little sips of chartreuse and then in uh, The Bishop's Wife, at one point, Cary Grant and Loretta Young go to a restaurant, and um, she's married to the bishop, who is David Niven, and there are some women at another table who are cackling about how is the bishop's wife out with his handsome Cary Grant character. Right. So so Cary gets up and goes to their table and invites them over to where they're eating lunch, and he orders uh, three Dubonnets for them. But then he changes it after he kind of steps back and looks up and goes, no, make it three stingers. Nice. Yeah. So I like that. Stingers are the bomb. And for listeners at home, stingers stingers consist of basically cognac and creme de menthe. And that's pretty much it. Yep, that is it. And and Uh, on crushed ice. It's very important. It's icy as fuck. Oh, really? Yes. So I got the bag. I have a bag now and the mallet. I should show you my mallet. It's amazing. I got this best mallet. Is it from Cocktail Kingdom? Because I have no. Oh, it's 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 British, and yeah, I got it on Amazon. It is. It's. I'm gonna go get it right now. Oh, we're 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 gonna do a mallet off right now. Oh, it's got a plaque on it. What's it say? Uh, it's the manufacturer's plaque. It's. Crown Tools, Sheffield, England. That is fantastic. It's basically the same shape as mine. But can yours do this? 
No, it cannot. Aha. Or can it? Wait. Yes, it can. Oh, damn. I thought I had a special thing. Isn't that cool, though? I don't know why I like that part, but I really like that part. So, uh... Bonk, bonk, bonk. It's so satisfying. Oh, it's amazing. This is the best way to crush ice. Get a wooden mallet and a Lewis bag, a canvas Lewis bag, preferably like sailcloth, like the toughest cloth you can get a bag made out of. Um, and to your point, get two because you're going to bust the fuck out of one anyway. Oh, you're going to blow holes through it. Um, just realize that. So don't spend a ton of money on them. Uh, Cocktail, no. King, Cocktail Kingdom has them for like seven or eight dollars. Um, so a story about the mallet is, uh, since it was Christmas, yep, we had a feast of all the crabs. We had Dungeness crabs, King crabs, <gasps> and snow crab. Oh my God. That sounds so good. And this mallet was deployed on the crab knuckles. <laughs> As you must. So that is a good feast. I, I had, I had beef stroganoff. Well, I just had a hankering. So because we're fucking idiotic, uh, we did <laughs> all these crabs because multiple parties bought crab and didn't talk to other parties. Yeah, that's so fine. We had, we had so much crab that I actually put out a Facebook call. It's like, if you're not doing something tonight, come to our house because please. <laughs> we got crabs. And we got one taker, so... Cheers to Carol for coming over and helping us. Nice. Uh, but we also had a prime rib on top of the crab. So, holy shit, Jake, you do Christmas right. White privilege all up in the house. Oh my god. <clears throat> so for my birthday, uh, Dinah wanted to treat me because she uh, sold her father's house and came into some money, and she's like, "Well, uh, what do you want to do?" And last year, and she calls it Lancemas because it's between Christmas and New Year's. Yep. Yep. Uh, last year we did up the whole, I, I wanted to do big turkey dinner. I wanted to do all the fix-ins. I wanted to do the stuff, you know, everything. Um, and she, she, I, well, she enjoys cooking, but she is unfamiliar with turkeys. Mm. So I did the brining. I, I did the, I did it up really well. Yeah. But then the downside of that always is for me, the cleaning up. You know, there's a ton of dishes. Everything's sort of gummed up and hot and stuck. And so we are going this year to um, a steakhouse that's been in San Francisco since, I think, 1898, mm -hmm. uh, which was purchased earlier this year um, by Daniel Patterson, who does um, Qua. 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 Uh, again, for our French friends. Yes. What? It is Qua. <laughs> but it's Qua, and he has a, a couple other restaurants, and he bought this, and everyone was afraid he was going to turn it into some kind of, you know, hipster uh, steak joint. Well, I mean... Uh, but really... Yeah, just coming from our point of view, like, that is the era when the cocktail became a thing. Like, that, that place opened up when cocktails were being born, basically. So yes. it's ripe. If you wanted to tell that story, you could totally fuck it up by making it this precious thing. And but what he did was basically he closed it down for six months and cleaned it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it'd been operating <laughs> steadily for a few years. 
So he, there was some carpet that needed to be taken up, and they discovered a parquet floor underneath the carpet. And they're like, "Why did they do this?" And they re, you know, they refinished the the original bar and um, any of the. Uh, I think it had leather banquettes, but they replaced them, and it had these gorgeous chandeliers. It's called Alfred's, by the way. I should mention that Alfred's hmm. Steakhouse. Um, so we're going there for my birthday day and their their cocktail plan as far as, as the menu is concerned is all of the basics so mm. manhattans and 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 martini like steakhouse. you said it's, it's steakhouse yeah, yeah yeah i'm i am so looking because they also with your steak they do the three sauces they do the bournets uh mm. hollandaise and another one which i can't recall oh um i think chimichurri oh yeah chimichurri uh, is the king of sauces in my mind <laughs> really, As I like a Bournemouth with with beef in particular. Yeah, Boeuf. <laughs> we're so French. Um, we're not we're avec Boeuf. <laughs> avec Boeuf. Oh God, they're gonna hate us. They're oh, not gonna the... listen. This is this is the last one. Yeah, but the Swedes <laughs> are gonna love us. <laughs> so, so any any uh, birthday plans for you? Um. <laughs> in typical fashion i'm i'm kind of a prick uh, it, it, i'm not a good person but in typical fashion i uh made a big show of be, being like i'm not participating in the menu plans for my birthday because it's my birthday and then right. i proceeded to have all kinds of opinions about my menu on my birthday so <laughs> that is kind of pricky yeah, Pickish. I know. I, I'm I'm a terrible person. Uh, probably will have peel and eat shrimp because that's my go-to for my birthday. And oh. they're, they're typically I have a cheesecake for my birthday because that's my favorite dessert. Um, but there's always room for cheesecake. I I gave Heather license to substitute cupcakes because I also love cupcakes. Hmm. I would say my go-to dessert would be tiramisu. That's interesting. I hardly ever go for tiramisu. I fucking love tiramisu. No, I, oh my. I love so it when every you do, time when I you get come it. here. Yeah, we are we are definitely going to Tosca over in North Beach, and we, we are. Oh my god, it's going to be so good. That's You're going to die. April Bloomfield's place, like she it took is. it over. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the bar scene is great, and the bar snacks are great. But you go, you sit down in the booth. Oh, it's so good! Oh yeah. my god, it's so good! And they do tiramisu. Obviously, her, her half season of uh, Mind of a Chef featured mm-hmm. sort mm-hmm. of the build out and the opening of Tosca, and I fell in love with her as a person and a chef. And like, yeah, I want her food. So, yeah. Yeah, have you been? To, is does she do the Breslin in New York? Is that her place? I can't remember. Uh, She's at the Ace. It's at the Ace Hotel. I remember that part. I, think, I want to say it's the Breslin. I think you're right, but she also does the Spotted Pig. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so you haven't had her food? No. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. I don't go to New York ever. No. Uh, well, I I never. Never. Really? I lived, like a... I lived in Boston, but I didn't go to New York. Have you? So you've never been to New York? Never. Oh, my God, Jake. So that's so maybe we should do like a, a, a podcast tour. Are we, are, are we, we going to buddy people. travel? Are we going to buddy so travel go, now? 
So we go down to New Orleans. We spend a few days there. Fly up to New York, Manhattan. Spend a few days there. And then on the way back, we go to... You know, you know what's a really cool place in the middle of the... Well, we go to Chicago, sure. Uh, but actually... Yes. yeah. I've been have, dying have been to, to go to Chicago. I have never been to Chicago, so. Oh, Jake, I was thinking Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, I've been, is... I've been to Minneapolis, but not. It was before I was into food and drink. It was. I really like that city. It is. It surprised me when I went there. I had a really good time, and I was there in the winter. I was there like January. Whoa. Wow. That yeah no I wasn't. I... I was there which, in which, summer. which basically meant we went because it was for a training, like a technical training situation. And we basically went from the hotel to the thing and then found something within walking distance. Yeah. In the frigid temperatures. <laughs> but we still had a great time. So, yeah, I think I did, too. And I wonder if it's because I didn't have expectations. I think if you go to the big cities, you're like, oh, we're, I've got to cram as much stuff as I can mm-hmm. into this. And I can't have fun here because there's the next thing I'm already thinking about. Whereas Minneapolis, I wandered and, mm-hmm. and stumbled mm-hmm. upon things and just like relaxed and had the best time. So I, I did a little bit of both when I took Heather to Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I had scoped out some stuff and it was already on the up and coming as far as especially food goes. But also it's a small town. You can walk. Yeah. The, you can walk the whole thing. And it's pretty. And with the rivers and the bridges, we, and... we just wandered around and some of the bridges are super fucking sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> Super I know. fucking sketchy. But my experiences in Portland have to do I was going to the XOXO conference, uh, and then my company is as uh, a lot of uh, an engineering center up there. Um, so occasionally we 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 are required to go to Portland to visit with the engineers. Um, so I I do and tend to what's your a, what's your function at your company? Your marketing ish. I help run the public website okay. so in that sense i am marketing because marketing is in charge of the public website yep um uh, but my official title is ux lead ah, okay experiencing the users leading them. use those experiences do it um uh, i i like portland the the but i'm gonna i'm gonna caveat that by also saying that Portlanders like Portland too much. Like they love, they fucking love that place to the extent that they hate everything else and nothing can compare to Portland. And I'm like, no, it's nice, but I, I think you guys need to get out more. I will, I will say San Franciscaners also fall into that trap. Yes. I will fully admit that I love living here and it's definitely the most home feeling place that mm-hmm. I live. Well, I mean, um, it, it's a natural tendency to believe that the place where you live is the perfect place for you and therefore the perfect place for everybody. Um, but turns out people are different and like different things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think another reason why we stick up so much for it, because we know it's terrible here. It's expensive. The homeless problem is insane. It's dirty. 
it's filthy um but at the same time there is no other place like this still i mean it's lost a lot of its charm and it certainly doesn't value its artistic community like it used to but it's it's really it's really sad but interesting because denver is obviously on a like four year delay from san francisco it's going through exactly the same situation you know we have all the tech businesses coming here and we have yeah uh we have a great climate just like san francisco has you know it's predictable even though it's not like it's they not i've been there jake it's not no, predictable day to day it's not predictable but the average is it's wonderful most of the time um but yeah, we are doing exactly the same thing that San Francisco did some years ago. Yeah. It's white people. They're terrible. Um, just to flip it and to do a little promotion. Um, <laughs> For Denver? No, actually. Oh. So my wife works with a dance company called Wonderbound in Denver. Um, they are located in a building that used to be like a uh, service station, like a service building for yeah. uh, postal delivery b- vehicles. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a mechanic shop basically, mm-hmm. but they've converted it into a dance studio and it's located in the nexus of three homeless shelters in Denver. Mm-hmm. And part of their mission, their artistic vision, is uh, community outreach. So they actually employ my wife to go to these homeless shelters and dance with people. And it, <laughs> that's awesome! It's incredible. It's so worthwhile and it's so amazing. She comes home with the best stories every time she does these sessions. And so my wife and Wonderbound are doing good in this world. And that's why she's my offset. Because like I said, <laughs> you're I, a prick. I'm, I'm a terrible person. Well, you're not bad, but you're not, you're not her. Well, I mean, she's obviously influenced me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, she's pretty wonderful and she does good things in this world yep so she tries yeah we all, you know that that's all you can do for our department uh decided to do something you know christmasy and holidays so and so it's between going to an ice skating rink which yeah. basically two people could ice skate yeah or going to a tequila bar and doing flights of tequila but what we decided to do was to volunteer at a local church called Glide. <laughs> better choice. And yeah. <laughs> it is a better choice. And the remark, and I mean, I, I knew of Glide. If you live in San Francisco, you it's hard to not know about Glide because it's been there forever. Right. But, but the fact that it exists at all and manages to do, so they're, they're a church, but they're, and they are a Christian church, but they're not, a Jesus-y Christmas church? In other words, they're not 
particular about how you worship, really. Okay. Uh, they're it's not it's, they're not that's, non-denominational. That's, that's kind of the nouveau thing to do is like not be pushy about it and not the, what they what they what they want the community to do is you know what Jesus said was we should treat each other kindly. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't treat each other badly. So if you have an opportunity to help someone, do that. Okay. And that's all they do. And they literally feed the homeless three times a day. A free meals. They have a store that you can come to if you're homeless, and if you need bandages or you need towels or whatever, you know. It and they they give this to you. They don't ask questions. They don't judge. Yep. Uh, and then every Wednesday, they have an open mic night, and what you do is you come in and you ask for help. And oh, wow. you can be anyone. You know, if the help is I need a place to stay tonight because it's cold, or if the problem is. There are some, you know, dogs at the kennel that need some homes. So if you could help us get the word out, it's it's whatever the problem is. And they Mm -hmm. are there to help. And it felt like, you know, now now Jesus makes sense. (laughs) Suddenly, if I if it's not all about like giving money to the church in order to make the church better or to make me feel better. And it really is about like people have needs. People are in trouble. If you can help them, why wouldn't you? Right. So it was it was it was nice. I gave them some money. I gave them some time. Um, uh, yeah. So I I I really hope that anybody listening to this message right now will think about you know how good you have it and how easy it is to just help somebody a little bit by dancing with them or exactly. you know talking with them or whatever you can do. Well, and you know. We are going into a Trump presidency. (laughs) (laughs) Much to my shock and dismay. Um, But so, yeah, I am seeking out ways to help. I am donating to the ACLU. I'm I'm that liberal white person that is super disappointed that shit worked out this way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm subscribing to Mother Jones magazine. I'm doing these things. Yes. Actively. Find find the things that you have a passion about or that you feel need a fix. And it's easy to find someone who is actually trying to fix those things as opposed to talking about it amongst their friends and how bad everything gets. So and it's not hard. And it it does make you feel good. There is a you do get a payback in this. And if you don't have money, volunteer some time. mm -hmm. Take a couple of hours and go down there and do stuff. Yeah. And honestly, even if you do have money, volunteering in person matters more. Um, Yeah. Through the year as well. It it affects you as well as the people you're helping. And yes, do it, please. And I am not the most outgoing person you will meet. I, I, you know, I don't think about, I, I've given money in the past, but giving, donating time, you get firsthand results and you see the impact of the things you are trying to solve, even in a little way. It's, it's much better. It's, it's easy in San Francisco to wander around and complain about the homeless and think about how terrible it is and why can't somebody help them? Well, you can. Yeah. You literally can. How about you help them? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it 
you know, volunteer two to three hours and do it like quarterly. It's it's not hard. Yeah, and they really appreciate it. If, if you do hand out money on the street, they're not it's not going to help them. Right. They're, they're going to buy drugs or it, it's going to. It, whereas if, if you volunteer some time to feed them or you volunteer some time to clothe them or even shower them, that's all very meaningful. And it, it, it treats them as human beings and not yeah. like something that you just need to get rid of. Well, and the savage guilt uh, thing that my wife points out often is a lot of these people can't get into shelters because shelters assume that you will be sober and require yeah. that you will be sober. And like, if I lived on the streets, I wouldn't be sober at all. So no, I would be as high as I could get. I don't want to think about where, you know, the situation, I don't want to deal with reality. Yeah. And you don't need to aid and abet them altering themselves, but you, can also recognize that that's kind of an acceptable behavior and yeah yeah you can can help them otherwise i mean if society has rejected you wouldn't you reject society absolutely why would you give a fuck i mean nobody cares it 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 it's it (sighs) well jake thanks so much for suggesting this i had a really good time and my my I don't know what I'm going to call this, but it actually worked out, and and I'm glad I recorded it, so I'll remember what was in it. Mm. Yeah, uh, mine's not a keeper, but it was. Uh, it turned out okay. Like I drank it all, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um and yeah, scotch works in cocktails. It does. It turns out it and it keeps its scotchiness. Yeah. Uh, but also just drink more scotch. And yes. For sure. <laughs> try different try different scotches. Go to the bars and try different scotches. Ask your bartender about oh. scotch. So I I never got a real window to mention this, but uh my recommended intro scotch is called the Dal Winnie. Is that the one with the deer on it? I, no, that's Dalmore. Oh, okay. Uh Dalwini I shit. I think it's a space side, I'm not sure. But it's very light, mm-hmm. but it has that iodine band-aid phenol. Scotchiness. It has that, but it, not offensively. And I think new, I I think new palates trying to work into scotch can mm-hmm. can handle it. And it's even even for experienced scotch drinkers it's just delightful it's got a lot of hidden complexity to it hmm so i'd actually like you to try it i will maybe after you try it if you think it might work give a bottle to your barber yeah i will go to my scotch store on post mm-hmm. we have a scotch store <laughs> it's so, so good and they also have gin well, anyway, that, I will, I, you I will you, tweet, you tweeted it's like wait a minute the Scotch store also has gin. Oh, fuck. I guess Scotland you, oh, you only with, bought gin. I did only buy, buy gin because well it turns out like I said I had an unopened bottle of Long Row and I have two bottles of Kalila so I'm stocked up. Yeah. So it was a good choice. Oh, uh, uh, for Christmas I got yeah. the uh, Edinburgh gin, which is great. Oh, I don't know that one. And I got myself the Edinburgh Christmas gin, which mm. has frankincense and myrrh. Uh, oh. 
It's wonderful. It's delicious. Just by itself? Yeah. So many gins, so little time. I know. So Edinburgh is a good gin brand. Recommended. Mm-hmm. Okay. Recommended. Yeah, I guess the Scots are coming out with all kinds of interesting gins now. Yep, yep. I mean, it all, Why not? It all started with Hendrix, right? Like everything. Yeah, for sure. All right. Happy New Year, Jake. Um, slash birthday. And happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to you as well. Thank you very much. Happy Lancemas. Oh, I'll cut this section right the fuck out.